Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerberson, uh, also with Reed Bacon. Today's a fun one. We're getting to break down the orange and white game, exactly what we saw out there, uh, You know what we think the offense is going to look like, defense is going to look like moving into the season. We go through every single position, how they performed, and what we liked out there. Uh, you know, just – positive vibes maybe going going after after this game so uh super excited for this one uh so let's let's start the show by the game snap the kick is in the air and the kick this time is no sir Reed. no sir Reed. final score tennessee 20 florida 17 Pandemonium reigns. Loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pence. Touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we jump into the show, you know, we got to start with our presenting sponsor, Bet Online. So I know March Madness is over, but you still got the NBA, you got NHL going on right now. So there's plenty of things to be betting on, and Bet Online is the place to do it. Uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, has you covered with all the news, the scores, the odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I am so excited for our newest sponsor, uh, Monster Bass. Uh, Monster Bass is a fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. Uh, it's a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits uh, based on where you live and where you fish. So no more guessing on which baits are going to work and just you know leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Uh, basically it's like having your own personal fishing guide and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits, the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use the code VOLS10, V-O-L-S-10, and get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, got my buddy Reed here. We're going to be breaking down the orange and white game. What a great experience to be able to actually see the Josh Hypoli offense in full force, see the whole team out there. 
um, get a good look at some guys and, and uh, you know, be able to break it down for you. You know, we want to give you our perspective on stuff and let you know what we thought. Uh, first, to start out, I am very excited that the gray jerseys are back. I absolutely love them. I thought even with white helmets and white pants, they looked sick. And then, Reed, obviously your favorite, the Stormtroopers. What's up, player? Y'all want to buy some drugs? <laughs> Dude, the all-whites are so clean. They are so nasty. I love when people are rocking those with either the white tights into the spat or the scrunchy white socks in the spat. I mean, we, we were looking fresh out there. I loved it. And the grays, the grays were, were nice to see. I thought that was a good idea for the, for the quarterbacks to wear those. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, you, they got to wear a different color anyway, so might as well just yeah. get them the grays. And I, I really do hope we wear grays in the season because they're – I mean, I don't know why I people really, like them. I really want to see the black again. I love that. <laughs> I actually, to be honest with you, I didn't really like the black, but whatever. It just, looked, like, it just looked weird with the white helmets and orange pants. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of lame. But, you know, we dominated South Carolina that night, so whatever. We'll take it. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta take it as it goes. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna go by position. We're gonna offense and defense. Um, I know you're excited about this because we had talked about it before, but uh, you wanted to shout out your MVP of the game. There was no way that I could start. <laughs> There's no way I could start on any other person besides player of the game, Jack Jancic. <clears throat> and real quick, I've t- I. I don't even know if the story actually really came out because I got confused. And what I got confused about is when we, after we went to the, the close practice, you and I, we did like two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. And what we did is we did every position offense, every position defense. Well, then we had technical difficulties. It cut off. And so like, I kind of was shouting him out, but like, I couldn't remember if it was like, if we'd already said it in the defensive part or if I talked about offensive part or if I talked about it both, I don't know. It all was run together. Yes, but to see to see Jack go out there and ball like that yesterday was so awesome. But the the story was real quick is so Kyler was off watching the offensive line or defensive line or whatever. I was watching one on ones, and I see Jack Jantic and and he's just out there like working some people. And then he goes up against Tank McCullough, who I mean Tank's a really good player. He's going to be one of our leaders on defense. And they were battling, and they were going, but but Jack went and made a really nice play on him. I'm like, okay, all right then, all right then. And then like, then there was another another one where it was like it wasn't one on ones, but it was another kind of drill that Heifel had him doing. It was like two v two, three v three type deal. And Jancic comes back. It's like a, a deep out or a deep comeback. It's not that great of a throw. He goes up, he gets it, he taps one foot, drags the other one. And it was just really impressive. And I was like, gum!" And so you come over and I'm like, bro, little, little Jancic over here balling on some people. And you're like, really? And then so about go, that time. Yeah, about so that I time, go up like, to him and smack him in the ass. Yeah. I like, heard time, you're balling out here. Yeah. He, he does like something else and you go up and bump him and smack him on his ass. And it's like, what's up, baby? I heard you out here balling. And he turns around and it is really funny. And, uh, but he was like, yeah, cause these guys are trash. And so <laughs> I remember, I remember just being like, well, I hope they're not trash. Cause I want to be, pretty, I want to, I want to be pretty good, but it was awesome to see. And then even on the other podcast, I kind of told that story, but then made the comment like, Hey, I don't think he'll be playing on Saturdays, 
But after what I saw yesterday, I was like, I mean, he made me eat my words. Like, why should why not? You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so it was, it was awesome to see. I love seeing that. Um, you know, I knew Zach, his older brother, because he played with, um, you know, one of, you know, basically my younger brother, Logan Lacey at Catholic. And so I was around Zach a lot. He was a great kid. I thought he was a really good quarterback at Catholic and then um, wasn't around Brock much, but then getting to watch, Jack play some uh, when he was a quarterback at Catholic. I've always liked him. And, and actually, Coach Jancic was so great to me. Um, you know, whenever he was around uh, Knoxville Catholic, he was – we'll just say this. Butch, if Butch was ever there, he was, like, up in the stands with, like, you know, his, like, policemen or, like, he was way away from other people thinking he was, like, the man, like, bro, sweet, you're a loser. Like, no one wants your autograph here. But then, like, John, John Jansen would be walking around, eating popcorn, talking to everybody, just super down to earth, like just being a dad. And so yeah. that was great. So I've always liked the Jansen family. I even told you I was hoping that he would get the defensive coordinator position here, um, not only because I like him, but also I think he's a good defense coordinator. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I love seeing Jack do that yesterday. I'm, and and the funny thing is, is he seems like the kid that he ain't going to let, like, any of this, like, really bother him or get to him. He's just going to, like, show up and do his work, like, you know, just keep trying to work and be good. But anyways, we had to start there. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Jancics are awesome. Uh, their whole family's great. And uh, it's always great to see some Catholic alumni just balling out out there. And there's actually quite a few people that have come from Catholic and gone through Tennessee. So it's kind of cool just to keep seeing that trend happen. Um, so yeah, definitely excited for Jack. And, and I think everyone else was like, a little surprised by that but the people who know jack are like heck yeah man that that is exactly what i wanted to see um like i said i should have trusted my eyes i mean I, we sat there watching a practice that's what i'm saying ab absolutely working folks and i made that comment like well i don't see him playing on saturdays and it wasn't an indictment on him it's more because he was younger and i think our often our receivers there are some really good talented receivers but as we mentioned heck we don't even i mean with Heibel's offense, like, you know, I think he can get some production out of a lot of folks. Yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't think it matters, you know, who you are, but uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll go into the offensive side of the ball. Obviously we should probably start with the, you know, big question over this whole off season, the quarterbacks. Um, so all three got to play, uh, got good playing time with different, uh, I would say groups. Because uh, how the game started, Maurer starting off first, he had the second or third string offensive line with him. And then Hooker got the first string offensive line with him. Bailey got the third, second or third. So they got to switch out with different offenses. But um, overall, honestly, in my opinion, I think I'm still going to pick Maurer. I thought Bailey played great. I thought he did some amazing things, and his deep ball is out of this world. I mean, he's has an amazing deep ball, good touch, pretty throws out there. But I just feel as if Maurer is more of the complete package. Maurer still has a deep ball like Bailey, but can move a little bit better than Bailey. Um, and I just think if you're the complete package, if you have a little bit of everything, it's better than just having one – one aspect of your game that's very good and hooker on the other hand i i think he dropped himself down 
in the depth chart. I think he's number three now. He had that interception. Um, I mean, the one drive where he got in his first drive and they went down and scored, the only bad plays they had were bad throws by him. Uh, so I, I just don't see him being a part of this offense moving forward. Well, I'll, I'll disagree in the fact that I think he'll still be a part of the offense, and I'm not ready to write him off just yet. There's a long way to go. But let me ask you this. You made the comment and you said, I'm still going with Mauer. Yeah. Is Mauer who – that's your prediction on who you think will start or who you legitimately, as a vault for life, ex-player, whatever, that's who you think that's – who, that's who you think is going to play or who you or who you feel is best? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, are you so, predicting? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I – watching, I feel that he is the best fit for what for what's happening. I would not be upset if Bailey ends up being the starter. I think the offense is going to be a little bit different with Bailey and Maurer as starters. Like, it'll run a little bit different. But just with my eyes, what I'm seeing, what I saw at practice, what I saw yesterday, I feel like Maurer is the best fit for QB1 moving forward. But, okay. I mean – I text I texted a uh, you know QB one that I played with and asked him I was like what do you think about these quarterbacks his first response was Bailey's out here balling so yeah I mean it's it's that that might be his pick moving forward um, but yeah I mean I I wouldn't be upset if Bailey if 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 Hooker starts you know, bearing like injury or anything, that's when I'd be upset. I, I don't think he is that good of a quarterback. All right. I'm going to jump in and say this. First off, I think all three of them could could be fine for us next year. I really do. At, at this point, at this moment, I think Heifel could, could get what he needed out of the three of them. As I told you, I think all three of them have some good things. And at practice that we saw, I thought they were all little inconsistent, uh, inconsistent throwing the ball. Now, yesterday, you, you couldn't watch that game and not think that Harrison Bailey had some very nice throws, some very good deep ball throws. And I didn't like that I read an article last night laying in bed, kind of seeing what other people were saying about this game, how he, he had easy throws. I was like, buddy, you still have to make the throws. That throw to, to Jack Jancic, the DB was in great position. And yeah. it was a great throw, great catch. He he stepped up in the pocket on that one. And then the other one, Davila Jones, like he he worked to the left side of the pocket and made another good throw. So I thought that was kind of discrediting him on his on his um, you know, on his deep ball throws. I mean, yeah, Vilas Jones was open, but he still worked in the pocket. I hey, 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 Garantano had some easy throws last year too. And I, and hey, 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 he had some easy throws even like I remember the time down in Florida when we were competing with them. It was still early in the game and we just made a stop and he had um he had a tight end. I yes. don't know if it was yes. yeah, I don't well, know I if don't, it was it was just like the Velas Jones Jr. play yes. yesterday. Yes. It was yes. right and, down and the he, seam. Yeah, wide and, he open. Air, and he airmailed it. And he airmailed it. So yeah. yeah. So so yeah, whoever wrote that article, you know, whatever, we got you still gotta make the open throws, which is what I'm gonna say here. I still think, like I said, going into next year, we could have a little bit of a quarterback carousel depending on how this fall goes, injuries, and, you know, who's going to give us the best opportunity. 
you know, at, at that time or whatever. I, I just think that Heupel made it very clear that you don't necessarily have to be a runner for his offense. And Harrison Bailey is not a stick in the mud. Like he's not like, yeah. he's definitely, he's definitely not as fast as athletic as the other two. But the one thing that I saw yesterday is that we were taking a lot of shots. And if you don't hit those shots, I don't care how fast you are or how good you are at other throws. Like you have to land those shots. And it was good to see Maurer hit the second one to Jancic because yes. he had a couple, he had a couple other ones earlier in the game that he missed. And so if Harrison Bailey comes out, takes care of the ball, which no one's talking about, and hits his open shots, I honestly think Heifel would roll with him. He's not going to care that he's not as mobile as the other two. Um, so I think the quarterback thing is still definitely wide open. And uh, maybe it's blind faith and Heifel for me that I just think whoever it's going to be, I think will still get production. Yeah, so, let me ask you this, because I have a weird feeling about this. When – an offense or, you know, an offense coordinator, a head coach rotates quarterbacks and, you know, puts different ones in throughout the game. We kind of did it. Uh, I think it was 2007 or no, 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 2004 when we had Schaefer and Ainge and they both start like both yeah. played throughout the game. Do you honestly see that possibly happening? Because I look at it as a bad thing. I know I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I think it's I'll, ju I'll just say I, I agree with you. I think it's a bad thing. I don't I don't like it. If you if you have three quarterbacks, you don't have one. So, yeah, yeah I'm hope. So I'm hoping I am hoping that he picks one and that one kind of takes the lead. But I'm just saying this, like if one was to get hurt or if one yeah. had a bad game and he puts the other one in, I'm not. It, my point is, it's not a drastic fall off between one and two. I mean, they're all very similar, so that can be a bad thing, but I'm going to look at it as a good thing, meaning, hey, pick the best one, let's run with him so he gets the confidence, he doesn't have to keep looking over his shoulder, but if injuries happen or if he is just having a really bad game, we do have someone else in that can come in and hopefully give us a little bit of some juice. Yeah, exactly, and then we haven't even seen Salter either, so that's, I mean, that's a fourth quarterback on the roster that could be really good for us and fits the kind of offensive scheme that Heupel has so correct I mean it's and, really I know, I, and listeners listeners are going to ask why we're not talking about the Joe Milton kid or whatever and it's just like I think you and I are just saying hey like you made the point so I'm not going to steal your point is he's just way behind the eight ball There's but a, the hill yeah. he has to climb to get to try and get ahead of all these other quarterbacks they I mean two of them in Mauer and Bailey have experience at Tennessee playing uh, they have all been with the offense now for 15 practices. Uh, they've all been around their teammates more. I mean, becoming a leader, becoming, you know, QB one is not just in the meeting room, not just out in the field, but like at lunch, at dinner, connecting with your teammates in the locker room, uh, like becoming a leader of them, uh, to where they trust you completely when you're out there on the field. And he is so far behind that eight ball. I mean, he's competing with four other guys that are already there. And, I mean, it doesn't look great when, you know, you had more interceptions and touchdowns last year. It's like – it's not – you know, you might have came out as a four-star, but, like, you have not performed well over – Yeah, I know, think that's – and that's just – and that's career. just – yeah, and that's fans being fans saying, hey, he's 6'4", he's this, he's a big athlete. And 
listen, I'm not knocking the kid. Like, I don't know. I, I, the late, I don't even really remember watching him at Michigan and he might come here and do great. And if he wins the job, then that means he blew all these other guys out of the water in practice. So, Hey, good for us. So I'm not knocking him. I'm just kind of like agree with you that he's way behind the eight ball. Yeah. And I did see some people saying, Hey, Heifel going out and getting this kid is telling us something about the, about the QB room that he believes. Hey, maybe that's true. And maybe he's just being smart. I always said that Jeremy Pruitt's biggest issue is that he didn't bring in enough quarterbacks because it is the most important position. And maybe Heifel saying hell with that. I'll take every, every single person I can get that I think can help us win. So, you know, yeah. 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 he's got a, he's got a full hand, man. Like hey, <laughs> he's got yeah. five quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited for the quarterback battle. I think it's going to be good. Um, let's move on to offensive line. Uh, Got it. Yeah. I I really enjoyed watching it because it solidified exactly in my head who's going to be playing on Saturdays. And if you weren't able to pay attention, I'll break it down for you. So the first team offensive line that came out with Hooker, so the second drive of the game came out with Hooker, it was Darnell Wright. Yeah, so from right tackle over Darnell Wright, Cade Mays, Cooper Mays, uh, Jerome Carvin, uh, uh, Dwayne Dane Davis, Davis. Dane Davis. That is going to be the starting offensive line come fall. There might be a switch with Carvin and Spragans, depending on how they practice, how they perform during training camp, because both of them are very good guards. But that seems to be who's going to be the starting lineup. When they were in there, those starters, there was a huge difference in the productivity of the offense. Huge difference in the amount of time quarterback had. Huge difference in the holes the running backs had. That touchdown that we saw, it was a counter play. Spragans pulls around, kicks out linebacker, and you could have fit a Mack truck through there. Um, and we scored on probably from the 10-yard line. That was the first team. Um, now, they only played Cade the first series, and then he was out the rest of the game. I'm guessing they're just resting him. He's had ankle issues in the past. He had them when he was at Catholic. So I'm sure it's just like, hey, we're going to, you know, not hurt this guy even more. Um, but that is going to be our starting offensive line in the fall. Put it in the books, write it down. Unless Whoa. there's injury, that's hey, it. You're setting, you're setting yourself up there because, hey, if Dane Davis, they, they talked about him yesterday and they the coaches were high on him, but – if he didn't have a good fall, then they might have to kick, you know, Kate back out to left or put Darnell, um, you know, over to left and then Kate's back at right tackle. But anyways, if I, wouldn't see, it, I would see Kate going to left before Darnell. I think Darnell is a lot more comfortable at right and they'll keep him there because, you, you know, when you do it, whenever you do make that switch, it yeah. is very uncomfortable to where you can't play to your fullest ability. Kate played left tackle in high school. If they're going to make a switch like that, if Dane Davis falls off, they put Kate out there and then both the guards would be Spragans at right, Carvin at uh, left. Well, and we said it on one of the later – on one of the other podcasts that if, if it is Dane Davis, that's awesome because – Yeah, that coming means from a walk-on and just earning his spot, earning a scholarship. And, and, then, hey, and he's still and he's still decently young too. So, I mean, it's yeah. like it, it would be it would be great to see that. Um you know, but the other reason that it would be great to see that is because that right that right side of Cade 
and Darnell Wright, I mean, that is some big boys to run behind. And they should, you know, really be able to kind of hold their own or move some people around. So if that's the starting five, I, I mean, I would feel very happy about that. And then, like you said, if we do have to have an injury or two, um, hopefully it doesn't happen. But I think on the interior, we, we have some definitely some people that could, could step right in and, and play and not, yeah. not miss a beat. Yeah, so. and I, I mean, I – you know, not diminishing any of the other offensive line that play because, you know, love all those guys, love it. Uh, but I, honestly, having three whole offensive lines is kind of huge for a spring game. I didn't have that the entire time I was at, at Tennessee. We didn't have 15 total guys that could all play. Like yeah. either there was injuries or we just like didn't have that many. And like we had, you know, 11 scholarship guys and you know, a couple walk-ons and it was, you know, rotating stuff, but to have 15 total guys that can all play, um, it just, you know, says a lot about the depth. And like you said, if somebody goes down, we have replacements, we have guys Correct. who can come in and, and perform. Um, so right. like I said, an offensive one, I think the O-line is, uh, you know, they're the cowbell. They're, they're the ones leading the charge. They're like, everything's going to run through that offensive line. And I think they're going to be very, very good this year. Let me say this key word there that you just said, run. And that's a nice <laughs> little, that's a nice little segue to running backs. But let me say this. I really do think that everyone loves the high flying hypo offense and I'm trusting him. I'm trusting him, but I really do think he will run the ball when he needs to, and when he can and when he wants to. Yeah. And that's one, one thing that I was kind of saying about maybe Maurer and Hooker, if he thinks, if, if Heupel thinks that, hey, we need to have a more mobile guy to run a read option and to really run it. I mean, on one of those drives yesterday, he ran it almost every play. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I do think, hey, we're going to throw it, take our deep shots and stuff like that. But I, I think he's going to run the ball and try to control the line of scrimmage, which is so nice to have the, those big boys up front, you know. Yeah, and, and people were saying that the zone read is what they were talking about the most. But if you watched, there was a lot more power and gap scheme. Yes. And also, yes. also outside run, like not – it was it was outside zone in a way, but we had a puller with it. Um, right. Like the backfield out action wasn't a toss. It was an outside zone action. But we had a puller either to the center, maybe a front side guard, just depending on what the defense gave you. And those are such great plays versus a 3-4 defense versus that yes. pair defense, which a lot of defenses are nowadays because it gives you more guys in the box and you can protect against the run more. Um, and you get hybrid guys on the edge that can rush but also cover. Um, you know, Bama runs that uh Oklahoma has always run that so I mean some of those really good teams run that 3-4 defense so it's I love to see those plays because that's what's going to work zone yeah is very difficult to run versus that so it's good to see whenever you see somebody pulling you know as as a fan we're talking to you whenever you see somebody pulling uh, offensive lineman pulling knowing that's a gap scheme that's a counter power something like that and it takes advantage of those holes that a 3-4 defense has in it yeah, yeah. All right, so segue to running back. Um, yes. Bro, it's the same thing we thought. Like, I I mean, I think we're going to be completely fine, whoever's in there. I mean, yesterday I heard walk on, walk on, walk on, like so many <laughs> times. And it's like after a guy busted one for like 30 yards or 20 yards. Now, granted, we're not the defense yet, and we still have that feeling of, 
hey, this defense is going to take its lumps. Yeah. But I, I, I firmly still believe, like, it doesn't matter who at running back I think they're going to produce. Now, I didn't tell you this yet, and I'm waiting to see your, your reaction. And I, it's tough to say because I don't want these kids to feel like that – and this is all hypothetical. Like, I'm not a coach, but I'm just saying if I was a coach and I was watching yesterday, I would at least have to consider having a conversation with D. Beckwith and uh, – and um, I always forget his first name, Hodge. Uh, is it just Ty Hodge or yeah, from, so. from, Mar- from Maribel? Yeah. Both of those kids are obviously big, well-put-together kids. And if I would just have the conversation with them, like, hey, would you guys at least consider playing linebacker? Because, like, I think, A, both of them could have a really good – if you're wanting to go the pros or whatever, like running backs are a dime a dozen now. You know, and at UT, do you feel like you're going to get a lot of chances or a lot of opportunities? Maybe they do. And, hey, maybe they do well and they don't get a lot of tread on the tires. They produce enough, and then they do get a chance in the league. But, like, those two guys, I mean, they didn't. no one really separated themselves yesterday at running back. I thought they were all fine. Yeah. And I know D. Beckwith, everyone loves D. Beckwith because how big he is. But, like, I thought he ran fine yesterday. I didn't think he did anything special. But it's like where we are as a team, I think both those guys could kick over to linebacker and and maybe make some hay there. I mean, really, when you look at a guy like D, that guy could play receiver, tight end, uh, outside linebacker, inside linebacker. I mean, he just – he has that natural frame. But yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like we're going to be so fine at running back that it doesn't matter who you put back there, they're going to be okay. That I think both of those guys could really help the team at linebacker. But obviously – you know, that's a hypo decision. And even if the, I mean, hypo could go to those guys and those guys not be happy and, you know, not paying out anyways, but I don't know. It was just something I at least thought about. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be tough for D especially because he was came in as a wide receiver and then they're like, Hey, can you move to running back? And then he's like, well, crap. I, I mean, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. I'll try. And then, you know, this is the first time he's gotten like a full spring at running back and be able to learn that complete position I don't know. I mean, if he played linebacker in high school, maybe, maybe has a little bit of experience, but I mean, it's a totally different ball game. I mean, playing, playing the other side of the ball, um, you know, I don't, I know he's athletic and he can move obviously playing running back, but I don't know if he would actually be good to switch over to that side of the ball. I just, I feel like there's, there's just too much of a difference. There's too much, like you are specific, to one side usually and if you're a guy that switches back and forth because there was guys that it hurt it hurt you I that know. i played with that switched back and forth that were linebackers and then tight ends or it, you know guys that were d-line and o-line and d-line and it's like you're you're not you're not quite good enough to play either side They're right right of course are trying to figure out what the heck you can do right um but i agree with you that no one's really stood out no one you know put them selves way above anybody else and that we will be fine with whoever's back there you know like they kept saying walk on walk on walk on during the game i mean going back to the offensive line if you make freaking holes for mac trucks to fit through anybody can run Um, yeah but i i don't want to knock the running backs though too i thought they had nice cuts they had nice runs they all ran hard but it was literally like i mean they were literally like eight deep like no joke, like literally yeah. there were maybe, maybe six deep and they all looked pretty good. They all ran hard. They all made nice cuts. I thought they 
read their blocks well. So I'm not trying to knock them and acting like just anybody could go out there and run. But, but you get what I mean that we're, the production level is going to be fine because they're – I mean, even the guy that I shouted out that I wanted to see at practice, um, and I don't have the roster in front of me right now, but like Tyron Evans or what, um, yeah. the, the Evans kid from Hutchinson Community College. I mean, I was talking about how he looked like a nice little squatty body, good athlete at practice. And then yesterday he came in and ran hard and looked good. And so it's just like, I mean, every time you say, hey, I like this guy, well, then you look up on the screen and there's another one in there run. You're like, dang, I like him too. Yeah. So, you know, but anyways, it was just something that crossed my mind yesterday. And, you know, it's, it's all about what those, you know, what those kids honestly really want to do and what they'd be happy doing. But then what the coaches think would maybe help and, you know, those coaches are smart. They, they would have seen that maybe already in, in fall practice. I mean, in spring practice and, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm sure they're hoping to work with what they have. Now, I mean, we talked about in the defensive one. They don't have a lot. Um, but hopefully those guys coming off suspension can yeah. help with that. Or, tra- or, tra- or transfer portal. Yeah, or transfer portal because there's a, quite a few guys, a linebackers in the transfer portal that yeah. could, you know, start right away here, um, which, I mean, you would think would be very interesting to them. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so running backs overall, love them. Lo- I mean, yeah. we're eight deep, got depth. Everybody can play. It's yeah. It's going to be okay. Um, we'll move to wide receivers. Now we already talked about one with Jack Jancic and the MVP status he got from, from the game. Um, but, I mean, also saw some guys that – you know, we didn't get to see Jalen Hyatt at practice, so it was nice to see him, see him perform and, and just run some good routes and uh, be able to get open when he needs to. And uh, Fant just, I don't know, I mean, he balled out. I mean, he caught that it last touchdown, right? That was him? or No, that was Tillman. Yeah, Tillman it was Tillman. caught that last yeah. touchdown, which yeah. both of them were, were, were great out there. I, 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 thought, I thought the wide receivers did a very good job. I think there was – some drop passes. Um, I can't remember who it was. Was it, was it, uh, was it Keaton that dropped that one Mauer through? He got hit and they, that was, uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was Keaton or Callaway, but, um, and they I ejected think my, the guy. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to see him catch that because that stuff is going to happen yeah. in the fall. Like you're going to get hit like that. Yeah. Um, so I would have loved to see him, you know, catch it all the way through, but, uh, I mean, like you said in the beginning, we're throwing it downfield, deep ball, deep ball, deep ball, really taking advantage of the defense. And, and I mean, our wide receivers are winning one-on-one matchups. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after that practice, I liked, liked what I saw from – well, obviously, we didn't get to see Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, but we both know what he can bring to the table. We both know he's good. So – I was just happy to see him out there. If he's out there, the kid's going to be balling. I mean, we, we know that. But it was just good to see him out there, you know, and, and, and running and obviously feeling good and, and um, you know, producing like we know he can and that we need him to. And then Velas Jones out yep. there doing what he yep. needed to. So we know that. But, um, yeah, then it, like Ramel Keaton, who I liked at practice and made some plays. And then the, the Cody kid who made a nice catch. Callaway was out there making some nice catches. Um, there was one other one. We didn't see Walker Merrill, uh, but I, I feel very confident in what I saw from him that he'll be a good player for us. So, once again, receiver-wise, 
you know, and then, yeah, Tillman, who I mentioned in one-on-ones, was just a big body, and he, he made some very nice plays at practice, and so I was not surprised to see that yesterday. So receivers, running backs, we feel very confident. Tight ends, this is a very short list. Uh, Austin Pope wasn't out there. My, my man, um, Fant, was balling. Nice five-year senior out there. Um, yeah. So it was good to see that for him. I think Jacob Warren had a nice, nice little catch or two. So, I mean – Listen, offensively, plug and play. Let's see what's up. I, I have faith in all pretty much every group that we just mentioned. Honestly, really, I do. Yeah. So. And, 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 you know, they did actually use the tight ends in blocking schemes more than I thought they would. Um, you know, whether pulling the guys around in the counter, uh, you know, cutting off the backside or even some double teams on the front side with tackles. So, wasn't expecting that. Didn't didn't necessarily think that would happen. I thought they'd spread him out more, but they definitely used him in the run game, which I liked. I like to see that because sometimes you really can't take advantage of that. Um, and the reason being is linebackers are worried about them going out for a pass. So it's not correct. You know, it, it, it they have to think of two different things they could be doing. And agreed. It, it really makes it a lot harder for the defense. So it's good to see the tight ends in the blocking scheme when we're, you know, running those counters, powers, whatever. I think that's a great, great point, honestly, because I haven't thought about that in a really long time. I know we talked about a while ago that we hated when Jeremy Pruitt would go five wide because these guys could just tee off. There's not a tight end or a running back to maybe even chip. Yeah. But you're so right. Now, guys, I get it. Make fun of me for bringing this up, whatever. But in, in high school, when I was playing outside linebacker, and I forgot about this, like, it was a rule that like I was coming, like I could come off the edge and like everyone wants to be able to come off the edge <laughs> and, and like, but, but my, but the rule was read if the tight end or uh, at the most of the time it was a running back, but if the running back leaks, you better pick him up. Yeah. So it's like, I, I would come off the edge, but you couldn't really fire off the edge like you wanted to, because if you shoot off the edge too much and the running back just like literally bananas out or just releases out you're screwed and then there's so much there's so much filled so I it's funny you said that because I completely forgot about that and you're right these these guys in in college they're like okay is this tight end sliding over and gonna chip me and then release or is he really blocking and so it does hold people up and sometimes all you need is that you know half a step to to get rid of a ball so that's I, I, maybe maybe the light bulb just went off for me not for the listeners but I just, <laughs> I hadn't thought about I hadn't thought about that in years but that's such a good point so. yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, anything that you can do to confuse the guys out there, because even a, you know, a defensive coordinator can put his guys in the perfect position to make the play. But if, if, if they get confused, those individuals get confused or they get held up for just a second on something that they think is happening, it it blows that's open. All yeah, that's it's all, all you need. need. It's all you need. Yeah. So, yeah, like we said, offense looks great. It is so refreshing to see. Uh especially since what happened last year with the offense, how mundane it was. We talked about it on the podcast before. Um, and, you know, shout out Jared Garantano for being exactly who we thought he was and throwing an interception first play at Washington State, State spring scrimmage. Oh, my God, you cannot write it up better than that. I mean, of course, I just – when it happened, I was just like, man – I was like, I, I just feel bad for this kid. Like he he took such a beating here physically and and from the fans. And, you know, he 
he brought a lot of it on himself, but then again, he's still a kid and I think he worked hard and he tried and he cared. He put his body on the line, but Pruitt definitely didn't help him by just keep throwing him out there and letting him make the same mistakes. But yeah, I, I chuckled and I was like, man, you, you, you are, you know, there's a saying that, that someone told me a while ago and it's so true, but leopards, you know, rarely change their spots. And, <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just who that guy's going to be. So, um, who's and, a, and who's a coach you, from the, who's a coach from the Cardinals? We are who they thought they were. We <laughs> let them no, off the yeah. hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Green or, or, yeah. uh, Daryl Green or whatever his name was. But, um, but yeah, and offensively, we, we feel good about it, but we also know that it could be because of the defense not being where we want them to be. But anyways, let's go ahead and start with D-line. What did you see from the D-line? So the bad part about it is there was a lot of guys out. Elijah's out. Greg Emerson was out. Byron Young was out. Uh, Latrell Bumfus was out. So you didn't get to see the full strength of the defensive line, which stunk. But the guys that were out there, I saw nothing in particular. Like, I didn't see any flash, any pressure on the quarterbacks, any, you know, pressure into the backfield on a run play. I, I, it, it seemed very easy for the offenses to work. Uh, and it wasn't like splitting double teams. There wasn't any, you know, pushing back. The offensive line seemed to, you know, move that line of scrimmage one to two yards every single play. And I don't know if it's not, you know, having Greg and having Elijah in there because, you know, when we went to practice, Cooper said he was like, dude, Elijah is a beast. Like he's, he's amazing and he's going to be really good this year. So I think he's our number one defensive lineman and he's not out there playing. It does make it, you know, look a little bit worse. Um, but I still think that the defensive line is the strength of our defense. I think overall our defense is not very good, but the defensive line is the strongest position we have. So I don't know if Elijah's going to be our best. Maybe he's our best anchor. I don't know if he'll be the most productive and maybe he will, maybe he won't. That's what I'm excited to see. Um, Cause I still think there's some other guys that are quality, quality football players. The one thing I was thinking about is, you know, is it really just the tempo of the offense? And, you know, what, they probably weren't running many stunts and they didn't have all their guys. And it stood out to me yeah. that I felt like these guys pretty much had a field day. I mean, on that one uh, long ball to Jack, Harrison did have to step up in the pocket. I saw Tyler Barron get a couple a couple of nice pressures. He had a couple also nice run stops. Um but, hey, when you're not at full strength in the D-line where you really need to rotate guys and stuff, but then again, like, they're not going to be going up against our offense every week. And what I mean by that is not saying our offense is incredible. I'm saying that how fast we go. Yeah. You know, uh, potentially a lot of the other teams that we're going to play this year, I mean, some of them might be up-tempo, but I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to go that, that fast. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know – I didn't like the fact that I didn't see a bunch of pressure, but then again, Hey, you know what? They weren't at full strength. It is a spring game. Maybe they weren't all, you know, they didn't call them any stunts. And the other thing about it is too, is like, they just meant our offensive line could be pretty decent. So I'm not going to like freak yeah. out yet. Cause there, there, there still are some dudes on the D line that I think can be pretty decent. Yeah. And, and, and I, I had mentioned it, I think in the offensive one or, or in the defensive one, what I wanted to see out of the defense for the spring game was, 
them winning one-on-one matchups. Now I know they're not going to be that great, but if I can see a linebacker shedding a block, if I can see a defensive end, you know, ripping underneath a tackle and getting somewhat pressure on the quarterback, if I can see a DB breaking on a ball and getting an interception, like uh, oh, what's, what was his name? Uh, Burrell did uh, versus Hooker. Like, I liked to see that. I didn't think that, you know, was Hooker not reading it right. I think it was Burrell just making a play and jumping on that ball. Um, so as long as you can see some of those things, which I think we did, like you said, with Tyler Barron, just like winning a one-on-one matchup versus a tackle in, in, in pass pro, um, then it, it gives you faith moving forward, you know, going into the season. I agree. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll hit my point on that towards the end after we finish each position group. But yes, I, yeah, I, I know yeah. what you mean. Uh, okay. Linebackers. What did you see before I uh, go in on this? Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing I saw was just them being out of position. I mean, I just mentioned it before of how a tight end can confuse a linebacker and they not necessarily know you know, what is going to happen on the play? Is it going to be a pass? Is it going to be a run? Um, but there was just so many times, I mean, where they're over pursuing, they're not in the gap where they're supposed to be and a running back just has full head of steam to a DB. Like a DB shouldn't be making all the tackles on a running back. It's just, that is a linebacker being out of position and not holding his gap. Um, and as a linebacker, you need to understand like, where is this guy, where is the offensive lineman or tight end or whoever blocking me trying to lead me? Like, where is he wanting me to go? And I felt like they were going exactly where we wanted them to as an offense. I mean, it was just, you know, the red sea just splitting open a lot of times. And that, I mean, and there was a lot of passes over the middle that I feel like they could have been there for that they could have helped with that they didn't necessarily see now that Vilas Jones jr. Pass, it was up the seam. I don't know if that was on the linebackers. I kind of think that was either like they were in nickel defense and, you know, that was a DB problem, but right. um, yeah, I, I mean, this is the weakest part of our entire team is linebacker and it, it, it definitely showed on Saturday. So I'll start positive. I thought I thought PA Garland looking swaggy out there. I thought he was, <laughs> I thought he was flying around. Um, he actually looked a little bit bigger on TV than um, than he in did person. in practice. Yeah, than he did in practice or in person. Because um, when after that practice, I came home read about him, and I think he even came in as a safety, and they moved him up. Um, but uh, he was flying around, and, and Solomon Page. Number 38, I thought he was flying around making some some plays. Um, I saw that they had uh, Morgan Joseph coming off the edge a lot more. When we were at practice, they had him working um, in the – they had him working more in the uh, middle. Actually, yeah, he, was working in the, he was working in the middle the entire practice. So, yesterday they had him coming off the edge a lot. And I don't know if that had anything to do with, you know, Byron Young not being out there and they kind of needed some depth. At, at right. like a DN the, outside linebacker position. 
Correct. And that could just be because they think Morgan Joseph and Byron Young are two of the better athletes to get to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, but, but I saw some guys, you know, like, you know, I saw a couple of those guys flying around, you know, Jeremy Banks wasn't out there. Like you said, the suspended guys, maybe we'll get some transfers, whatever, but I would just see, and the guys that were there who are not the SEC caliber players that we've already talked about, they were playing hard and they were doing their best to be in position but they are just not the size or speed that we need. And where I really noticed that is in the run fits. Like they were yeah. getting like the offensive linemen were getting up to the second level at probably three or four or five yards. And those linebackers didn't have a chance. Like when no. those guys get when they got their hands on them, I mean, they would those linebackers would stick their neck in there and try to take them on. But it was like me trying to take somebody on. It was literally like, you know, six one, a 215-pound person, like trying to take on like Cooper or Cade or, or I mean some of them are, I mean 320 like Cade's, right. Cade's like, 325 it, like it's right it's not gonna so happen it's, right so it's like they're trying to take them on but they're just they're just not like and if you if you can't even least hold the line of scrimmage as a linebacker you know then you know we you know they want linebackers to get in the backfield but if you can't even hold the line of scrimmage you're in trouble so anyways I did see some guys flying around we're definitely going to be in the uh you know kind of that like four four two five type deal or nickel whatever you want to call it a lot this season if i had to guess and i even saw them bringing some safeties up you know and we basically looked like we had three linebackers but one of them was a safety yeah um so but uh, yeah and i don't know if they're actually going to like give away everything that they're going to do this year like I, i didn't see a lot of blitzes happening they're not like running all of the things that they possibly could because you don't want to give it away to everybody. I mean, as an offense, it's different. Everybody, every offense out there has zone run, has an outside zone, has a counter, has a power, uh, you know, has slants, has posts, has court. Like everyone knows that you have those plays. Not everyone knows exactly what blitzes you like to run as a defense. So you kind of, kind of keep that, you know, to your chest, you know, chest your cards. So, uh, but in another thing that, you know, you don't necessarily think about, but with Elijah and Greg out, a lot yes. of the job yeah. of a defensive lineman is to keep the lineman, keep the offensive lineman off the linebackers, yeah. take on those double teams where they can't get off to the linebacker and leaves him wide open to hit the running back. So, you know, you got your second to third string defensive line in there. It, it does make the jobs harder for the linebackers. So, Agree. I think it's a great point. Uh, Elijah is the quintessential eat some blocks up, free the yeah. linebackers up to run, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We, we knew what they were going to be. I thought they all competed and played hard. Like I said, I saw a couple little flashes, um, but, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you got to have some, some bodies. Um, all right. Lastly, I'll let you start with DBs and see what you thought. Yeah, so, I mean, the worrisome part is that Jack, Jack Jancic is, you know, an MVP um, versus our defense. Now, there was a lot of scenarios where it was one-on-one, which we got into a lot last year, and I didn't really like because I wholeheartedly believed our DBs were not good enough for one-on-one and we needed safety help, and why not just do that? If you understand who your players are, understand their strengths and weaknesses – and know they're not going to win a one-on-one matchup, give them help that, you know, 
it, it doesn't matter. Like it does not matter if you're just like, I want to run this scheme. I want to do one safety high because the offense needs to, you know, not know what we're doing. It doesn't matter if the guy beats them for a 70 yard touchdown. So I think there is some learning to have to have here, just understanding who your players were. Uh, it was, I like to see Elante Taylor back out there. Cause like we said, we didn't get to see him practice when we went in. Uh, but at the same time, like Elante got beat versus Tillman on that last touchdown. Yeah. I was gonna say that too. yeah. So it's like, man, I, I love how aggressive Elante is and how he is a leader. Like we said before, but you, as a leader, as our number one DB in the crunch time of a game, you can't get beat like that. Even he, though Tillman um, is a great player, you can't get beat like that. Yeah, he – I mean, I thought uh, I thought Alante actually had some nice come-up plays and uh, had a nice hit, had a couple of nice stops. It was – Yeah, like I said, I mean, he's an aggressive corner, and he, yeah, like, he's not and so afraid it, to make a tackle, which a lot of corners are. Right. But it just uh, – it stunk to see that. But then again, like, give, give Tillman a lot of credit. It wasn't like he just – ran caught it super easy a lot there was nowhere to be found i mean tillman had to lay out make a heck of a catch in the corner but one thing i noticed is like it looks like with hypo if he sees he's got one-on-one on the outside but he's chucking it like he's taking the shots (laughs) you know you know because if you take if you take eight to ten shots a game well all it takes is three or four to complete that you could potentially change the game keep these defensive honest because i felt like last year some defenses were just who they were just swarming in on us. They were pressing up, pressing up, pressing yes. up. And then it was like they were just eating on us and dictating to us, and we weren't keeping them necessarily too honest. Um, but, um, okay, DBs, what I saw. Um, like I said, I saw Alante come up, make a couple nice hits. I, you're right. I didn't like him seeing him get beat there. Um, Danico Slaughter did have that nice hit, which he got ejected, but then came back in because you don't get ejected from a spare game. Like yes, this. exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, he he had some nice plays that I saw, some nice tackles. He had that nice hit. Um, I thought Trey Flowers was a guy who came up a couple times in some run support stuff that, that made some plays. Obviously, Warren Burrell had the nice break on the ball, had the pick six. You love to see that. And a guy that I that really stood out to me – um, give me a second. I've got the roster pulled up because he kind of flashed. And like I said, I'm not a huge recruiting guy, so I don't remember when we necessarily signed him. Um, okay, it's a uh, – I don't even know. Tamarine McDonald? I don't even know how to say his first name. It's, it's terrible. I mean, I hate that. <laughs> but, but he was – I was like, who is this guy? And, like, pretty big boy. And then supposedly he came in as a linebacker. They're moving back to safety. But – he was coming up, making some pops, making some hits, looked like a good athlete, good-sized kid at safety. And I was really impressed with him, which I wish I would have known more about him and watched in him. Practice. At, at, yeah, exactly, practice. If we go back in the fall, I'll keep an eye on him. But, I mean, he's – I think this is his second year um, in the program. But I just – I thought he I thought he made some some really nice plays and and thought that, like I said, he really stuck out. Yeah, okay. So, he's one of those West, West Tennessee – Memphis kids, I love that, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that was great to see. I thought he kind of caught my eye. Um, there was one other guy too, um, Edwards, I think, number seven. 
And sorry for the show prep. This is what you guys get when I. Uh... <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so, so he's a redshirt junior, Romello Edwards. I, he kind of stuck out to me. I mean, he he made some nice plays. Like every time I would look up, I felt like he was there. Um, so, um, Tank. I think Tank had a, one or two nice plays, but um, I just felt like when we had the ones in there, it was a, obviously it was much different compared yeah. to when the twos or threes were in there. Um, anyways, some of those guys stuck out. Like I said, I think um, McDonald was the one that definitely, you know, stood out maybe yeah. the most to me just because I, I didn't know him. And so, like, he kind of flashed and made some plays. And, I mean, so, the, the we said it, but, like, the biggest conversation going forward is going to be, is our defense that bad or is our offense that good? Now, do you think the success of our offense was – you know, Heupel calling the great plays and getting matchups, the wide receivers just being super athletic and beating the DBs or the DBs just not being what we thought and, and being good enough players. Like what, what of those three would you think made the difference? Because in my opinion, I think Heupel – Offense probably made the difference when you talked about it earlier, the one-on-one matchups and taking advantage of it. I'm sure he told the quarterbacks, he goes, look, if we're running a play and you see one-on-one, throw it. I don't care right. who it is. I don't care if it's Jack Jancic out there. Throw the ball. It's one-on-one. So, right. I mean, maybe that is what made the difference and made it look like, wow, our DBs are getting cooked. Tamarian, I think it's how, is how you pronounce it. Tamarian McDonald. Okay. <laughs> I've, been, I've been sitting here staring at it like, hey, don't be a big idiot. But, yeah, so I think it's Tamarian McDonald. But, yeah, so I'd love to see that. Um, I agree with you. Um, you know, we'll wait and see how they play against some other, um, you know, some other competition besides our offense. Anyways, to tie everything in, um, I don't know why, because I'm just not ever a sheep. Like, I don't get excited. And maybe it is because I'm doing this podcast with you. And so I'm always a huge fan. But I try to wait and see what my eyes tell me. Um, But then I got to go to practice. And then I'm more in touch with the spring game. And, you know, usually I'm more just let me watch the fall, see what I think. But I, I still think. I, well, first off, I don't know why, but I just have a different vibe and a different feeling with, with Hypel. And um, I just feel like the guy knows what he wants. And he – I mean, clearly he's been a head coach. He knows how to run a program. Like, I just – I don't know why I just like him. And I do feel different. Not to say that I think it's going to result in wins. So I'm not one of those sheep that are like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be in the SC championship next year. Like, I don't <laughs> – I don't know. I don't, I don't think that, but like, I just, I do like the vibe. I do like the feel. Um, it seemed like a lot of those guys were just having fun yesterday. And, um, but, but anyways, I'm still not, I'm still not going to say that I think the offense is going to be incredible because I do think that this defense could be another South and Sari defense. Um, but my point is hopefully with the way we can score, and scheme, if we do get a pick six, Mm -hmm. if we do get one sack, if we do get one fumble, if you just make one or two stops, if you even just get a one-fourth and four or three and out and a punt, I think that could be very, very big for this this team. Now, 
And I'm saying, I'm saying against Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I think Pittsburgh is the biggest game of the year. I think if you come out and, and do what you need to do against Bowling Green, which I think is still going to be a tough game. I'm going to tell you right now, if we beat Bowling Green, your boy's going to be dumb hype. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be fired. I'm going to be fired up. Um, but that game against Pittsburgh, you know, you come in, that's a legit, like a legit team for where we are right now. Yeah. You know, so bring them in, Nalen's rocking. And if we can beat that team and we just have, like I said, one sack, you know, one pick, one change of possession, one flip to field. I think that might be all that we need. Give up all the yards that we want to give up and, and all that. But if you can just contain the amount of points and just get one or two turnovers for this offense, I think hopefully because you're not going to be probably in a battle of a 17 to 14, 21 to 17 game. I mean, these are going to be 40s, 50s, yeah, 40, 50, 60 shootouts. So get your one stop, double them up, and then they're playing from behind. Yep. You know what I mean? So that I just that that's just what that's just what we need. Yeah, because it makes a big difference when you're playing from behind, ahead, close. Like you change up your entire offense, you change up your defensive scheme. So if we can make a team uncomfortable by just scoring a lot and getting you know one turnover, and I mean we you know we didn't get to see it, but like special teams can make a huge difference too. Like we don't get to see that during the spring game. You don't like at practice, you don't get to see like full reps of it. So who knows, maybe we have a great special teams and just like, you know, we have great kick returners and they take touchdowns back and it's, you know, something that makes a huge difference in the game. So, well, I mean, Phil, Phil position, people don't want to talk about it, but if you really want to nerd out on football, Phil position is so big. Like I never understood that really when I was younger growing up watching games, but if you can really and – it, and it doesn't make it as big of a difference now because of these high-flying offense and stuff. Yeah. But if you really can pin somebody back, play the field position game. And I do think – I really do think Heupel is going to run the ball more than people expect. I think he knows how to try to control a game and how to control the tempo and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I, would, I would agree. And, and I agree completely with what you said. There's a different – aura there's a different feel about the whole thing and you know I guess we kind of had this when Pruitt came in and, and Butch had left and it was such a complete opposites they are yes it was yeah. it, you know you felt better because it was such an opposite with with Pruitt um but the biggest thing is how much the players are enjoying themselves I mean quote after quote after quote of guys being like I'm just having a ton of fun out here Right. Uh, I love being around this family atmosphere. I love hanging out with these guys. It's, you know, so much fun being here. I mean, the fact that the scoring was so strange during the spring game that like you didn't know who was scoring for what team and it was kind of hard to keep up with. But even though that happened, Tillman scores a touchdown at the end, the whole offensive side rushes him. Right. They love right. it. They, they, they're there for their teammate, even though it's like, wait did we win did did the white win? like I don't who did that count yeah. for like you, you don't even understand that but you're just so excited that your teammate made a great play and he scored and it's just a whole community family feeling to it which is so much better than this cold closed off feeling that you got when Pruitt was there yeah so and listen that that family atmosphere all that stuff's great and I know I'm, I'm the biggest proponent. I speak for all those people are like, hey, that stuff's great, but we want to win games. But we're not at that point right now. So I do want these kids to have fun. And 
and I want Darren to have the best college experience they can have because I already know we're not going to win a bunch of games, you know, yeah. next year. And they're probably going to take some really big lumps on some of these games where they probably get blown out. But, yeah. hey, you know, um, I do want to say this real quick, though, before we finish up, because I've been meaning to do this for, like, I always forget, but I've been meaning to do this because I want to shout out a few people, like friends and stuff, that okay. have been reaching have been reaching out to us or, like, to me about it. But like, and you're going to obviously know some of these people, but I, I personally really, really appreciate it because they listen, they give us honest feedback. Um, and so I'm just going to read off these names real quick. First off, um, Nathan Gibson, my bash bro, he is like always asking when the podcast is coming out, always listening, giving feedback. So Nathan Gibson, then I, Nathan. Then I, yeah, then Ryan Ridley, our yep. man, our QB1, Ryan Ridley. <laughs> He's always reaching out. He's always talking. He's always listening. I appreciate it, and I love getting to hear from him because I don't get to see or talk to him as much. Uh, blast from the past, great guy, great athlete, but I hadn't talked with him in a while. Was Taylor Broussard reached out, said he was listening. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, dang, and he said, hey, I love listening to the two of you guys and just the people I know. Oh, um, a, a shout-out from someone in the past also. I had uh, Nick Branham reach out hey. to yeah he was like i love i love hearing he was like i love your new co-host whenever you came on yeah he he shouted out he's like i love your new co-host i was like oh, yeah, I, dude I, sure I, I, yeah. <laughs> bro nick nick was the man i love nick i haven't i haven't talked to him in a long time he was the dude though um but yeah i'm trying to think so those are some of the guys that always reach out um and always say that they've listened and and how much you know that little stuff like that like i oh uh philip Icus reached out said that he listened and checked it out and i know i'm probably forgetting one or two and i'll shout them out again next week but those are just some of the guys that are always like hey good job these are the points we liked you know we're always listening so it's it's appreciated it really yeah, really is it is so. it, it goes a long way and and you know, I can probably speak for Reed when I say this. Uh, the best way that I grow, that I learn, that I become better at whatever I'm doing is criticism. Like it is someone telling me, hey, this is what's going on. And that's just me naturally being coached for, you know, since I was eight years old in, in, in football. It was just, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do, do right. And it, that coaching atmosphere, it's like learning from a coach. That's the best way that I learned. So I love to hear feedback from people. So it's awesome for them to reach out. Now, a lot of them we went to high school with, so maybe it's like a little bit of bias. Like we're just getting those guys, but we still very much appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if anybody else, any other fans, I know my family loves to reach out to me and tell me <laughs> how I did. Um, but they're usually biased also, uh, but any, yeah, any fans, anybody reach out, tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you want to hear about. I mean, we would love to talk. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, um, yeah, there's, there's a couple other two. Uh, and it, it's appreciated that they reach out and stuff like that. So anyways, all right, brother. Well, next time, I guess, hopefully we'll have a, we're still working on a couple good guests. Not actually, they've kind of already said that they would do the podcast. We've just had stuff that we've wanted to talk about. So we haven't reached back out to them about coming on. Yeah, exactly. Soon, and, then, and then we'll have plenty of time to dive into all the other recruiting stuff. So, yeah, we'll schedule some stuff here in the future for sure. Um, but I appreciate you guys uh, listening, watching. If you're watching on YouTube, um, you know, please rate and subscribe, like, and subscribe. Uh, podcast is presented by bet online. So check them out. Um, you can follow us on social media, 
Uh, I'm at Kyler Kerbison, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Read it. Your Twitter is R Bacon27, I think, or maybe R Bacon26. 26 yeah. okay yeah so r bacon 26 for read on twitter um and yeah let us know if you have anything you want to ask you topics you want to touch on uh like i said you can email us uh believe in tennessee football at gmail.com or text and call at 865-322-9232 and we'll definitely answer some of that stuff for you so appreciate you guys coming out uh as always of all thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube